want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. On today's podcast is my really good friend and buddy from our mastermind together, Meredith Marsh. Now, if you've ever considered, ever considered having a YouTube channel, or maybe you have one, but you're not quite sure how to utilize it in your business, then this is definitely the episode for you. Meredith Marsh is a YouTube creator, blogger, and founder of the Video Pursuit Society, where she helps side hustle content creators start and grow their online business using YouTube so they can take ownership of their ideas and become the boss of their own future. This episode is jam-packed with lots of information for you. And in this episode, you'll learn why YouTube is so good for your business and how to best strategically utilize it. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Meredith Marsh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. First of all, I was thinking about this today that I don't think I've ever told you this, that I freaking love your name, Meredith <laughs> Marsh. It sounds like it sounds like you're a Hollywood star. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I've actually heard uh, people have said, wow, Meredith Marsh, I just love that, you know, the ring to that. And I like every once in a while, I just tell my husband, thank you for having like a name that compliments my first name, because I'm not sure if I would be where I am without my first and last name together, because it just sounds good. It's like, it's like a newscaster. It's like, (laughs) like, like Meredith Marsh does the weather. You know what I mean? Like, it's so good. (laughs) What, wait, what's your what's your maiden name? My maiden name is Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. Oh, yeah. Nowhere near as good. Nowhere yeah. near as good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So some of my audience absolutely knows who you are. You've been on my lives before. We're in a mastermind together, so I've talked about you. I mean, we're going on two years of a mastermind, mm-hmm. past two years now. I think one of the funnest things has been watching everyone's growth in the mastermind and specifically... Mm-hmm watching your growth has been really wonderful. So thank you for that. But there are people out there who are newer to uh, my audience who don't know about you. So uh, tell us about yourself. Awesome. Well, like Nick already alluded to, my name is Meredith Marsh. (laughs) (laughs) I am a blogger and YouTube content creator and founder of the Video Pursuit Society, which is a membership program geared towards people who, you know, creating video content isn't their full-time job. It's something that goes along with business or just rest of their regular busy life. And I've been, I started my YouTube channel and blog, I think six years ago-ish now. So it was a side hustle for me for a while until I lost my job and then picked it up full time and have been seemingly slowly growing it ever since then. 
Yeah, because we just had a conversation about this recently where you were like, yeah, I'm slow. And I'm like, you're not slow. I don't know what you are talking about. (laughs) It feels slow when you're in it, I guess. (laughs) It does. That's so interesting because I think we all feel that way. You know, we feel like, oh, it's not going fast enough. Right. Enough. Whatever that is. Sometimes the answer is just keep doing the stuff you're doing. Like there isn't something to change. It's just keep going, keep pedaling. Yeah. So for anybody out there who hasn't started a YouTube channel, like why YouTube? What is it about YouTube that is so amazing? (laughs) Well, there's lots of things. YouTube is a search engine and it's owned by Google. So it is, you know, kind of crowned as the second largest search engine on the planet behind Google. And so you have this opportunity to show up when people are searching for something that you're an expert in or something that you want to get visibility around for your business. And it doesn't matter what your business is or what your niche is. If people are looking for something and you have the answer or you have the solution, you want to show up with the answer and the solution. And because of search engine, because of the fact that YouTube is a search engine, it allows you to do that versus a platform like Instagram where you might get found if somebody shares your stuff or if someone's looking for a certain hashtag. And it's it's a little bit more accidental that somebody comes across you on Instagram, which I find frustrating when I'm using that platform to grow. And so I, I don't use it to grow my business. I stick strictly to longer form search engine friendly content. So YouTube paired with blogging, uh, which is really easy to do when you're creating YouTube videos. And that that's why I love it. It's also, you know, Google and YouTube have been around forever and the algorithms change. They tweak a little bit, but they're, they're these just like old school, original OG internet platforms that are only expanding. They're only getting bigger and better and helping people grow faster. Yeah, I love that, that you're saying it's like the OG, right? They've lasted. Yeah. I think that's something to, you know, that we worry about. The the MySpace is gone, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was here and it's gone. Yeah. And I agree that when when I want to know how to do something, when I want to know something, where do I go? I go, I go look it up and go, go to a YouTube video, look it up, right? And I find people there that I then follow. Yeah. But how do you do that strategically? Because I know you can just put up a video and be like, Okay, but that's not actually going to maybe do you any good. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I don't want to be on the, the content hamster wheel, right? Yes. Like we none of us want to be because we're already putting content out, as you said, in various places. So how do we do this with intention? Yeah, well, so I like to think of having a YouTube strategy like a spider web. So I call it the spider web effect. And one of the really common things that, I see, you know, if somebody says, okay, well, I have a coaching business around yoga. I help people with yoga. I, I don't know. I just picked that because I don't know. Well, th- I know that, that works you with do my yoga. crew <laughs> and you know that I do yoga. You know that I've taught forever. So yeah, if you had something specific, some specific type of yoga or yoga for a specific purpose or reason, and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to build my YouTube channel around yoga. Well, you know, congratulations, millions of other people are building channels around yoga too. And so we tend to think, well, okay, I'm going to create a video about yoga and then I'll create a video about more yoga. And then it's like, wait, 
is my whole channel just about yoga? And what happens is that's such a huge search term, right? There's so much competition for that. It's a very broad search term. And so instead of creating videos about your niche, you want to create videos around your niche. So what are all of the other things that have to do with a yoga practice or getting started or whatever the specificity is of what you teach and what you help people with. And you make sure to basically answer every possible question that somebody would have. And you create this spider web, this like library of content so that it's almost like impossible for your ideal viewer or your ideal customer to open up YouTube and not see your face or see one of your YouTube thumbnails. So the way the algorithm works, if you, I mean, for anybody and probably everyone has used YouTube. So if you logged in and you open YouTube up in your browser, or if you open up the app on your homepage, YouTube is giving you suggestions of what it thinks you want to watch. And you want your ideal viewers to be shown your videos on their home pages. And so the tighter your spider web is, the more specific that it is, and the more content you have in your spider web, then the more opportunities you have for YouTube to get your content in front of more people, plus the people that are searching for specific things and your videos show up in the search results. Okay, so that's really cool. And I love the idea of the spider web. I took your course, and that's something that has always stuck with me, this idea of the spider web and how it goes beyond just the one pillar. Mm-hmm. When you create this web, you're creating, you're literally creating like a spider web of of you all over. But beyond that, How do people exactly find you beyond the eventual web that you create? Like when you're first starting out, are there hashtags? Is there a keyword? Like what is it that you use to make people find you at the beginning? There's a lot of different ways to come up with those video topic ideas that you know people are searching for. And that that's exactly what you want to do with a brand new channel is create topics that you know people are searching for. And the way that you know that they're searching for them, there's a, there's actually several different ways to come up with this. Basically, what you don't want to do is just come up with a random idea off the top of your head and title your video, whatever that random idea is, and then expect people to find it. You want to title the video something that is like, exactly what they would have searched, like the exact words that they would have typed into YouTube to ask this question or to want to learn about something. So give me an example of a video topic that you, Nick, would be working on. Could be anything. Storytelling for your personal brand. So storytelling for your personal brand. If you did a YouTube search for that, or rather if you thought, who is my ideal customer or my ideal viewer? What would they be searching for where storytelling is the answer? So your video can be about storytelling, but are they searching how to do storytelling in my business or what is storytelling for brands or um, how do brands, how can brands incorporate storytelling? Like what are the questions that they might be actually searching for? And then you give that, that's the title of your video. 
You can do this with a couple of different tools. The most obvious and easy to access tool is YouTube itself. So if you go to the YouTube search bar, if you just start typing in storytelling for, and then YouTube will try to finish your sentence and it will give you a bunch of different options. Storytelling for brands, storytelling for business, storytelling for YouTube, storytelling for children, you know, like it'll go through and it's pulling from its own data of what it knows people are searching for. So, you know, oh, YouTube thinks people, YouTube knows people are searching for this. So I'm going to take YouTube's clues from its own data and I'm going to finish the sentence versus just pulling ideas off the top of your head and Maybe you think people are searching for this, or if you're, if you're labeling your videos as the answer and you're the expert in that topic, you're sort of like too close to the subject, right? Yeah. You know too much, right? You know too much. You're giving the answer. People aren't searching for the answer with the answer, right? They're asking the question and waiting for you to give them the answer. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because storytelling actually is the answer. So it might be more like how to market my my business, my online solopreneur business or my spiritual business, and then I give them the answer of storytelling. So right there, you're already saying, because if I looked up storytelling, it might be about children, about children's books, about like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So right there, you, you just proved your own point. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Another few places you can look is Google. Google will do the same finishing your sentence type of thing for you. You can pretty much expect that if people are searching Google for things, they would also be looking for YouTube videos for those things. Um, But also, even in the Google results themselves, like if you were to go and search storytelling for brands, and in those search results, you will probably find some other, um, Google has a, like a related question box where it's, you know, it's like basically trying to say like, or, you know, did you mean like maybe one of these questions and it will get a little bit more specific for you. And those questions that it's like feeding into you, those are things that it knows people have searched before. It knows what people are looking for based on its own data. And at the very bottom of the search results, there's the searches related to box as well, which has other search terms that people have searched for that are related to the one that you just typed in. And some of them might be basically the same thing, but others might give you like, oh, that's another video topic idea. And that's another video topic idea. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about Instagram comparison. On Instagram, you use hashtags. That's not not the case on YouTube, right? Like you use keywords, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. YouTube does have hashtags, but they're relatively, uh, it's like sort of up in the air how effective they are. So you can put actual hashtags in your uh, video description and they are clickable. I don't pay too much attention to them because they're not necessarily a growth strategy. They're kind of like an experimentation Mm. situation right now. And with YouTube, you also have tags, but the really most important places for SEO to optimize your videos to show up in search results is the title and then that first few sentences of the description. So you have your title that's going to be the keywords you're aiming to show up for in the search results. 
And then you want to repeat the title or those keywords in a you know, maybe a handful of places or with alternative words in your first paragraph of the video description. And the video description is really exactly what it's called. It's supposed to describe the video. So as much information, as many words as you can put into that description, the better YouTube will know what this video is about, what is actually discussed in the video so it can go and find more viewers for the video because it knows it knows what the video is about. And then you have your hashtags or not hashtags, your regular tags, your YouTube tags. And those are those are really confusing because it it looks when you go to upload a video, when you watch other people's videos where they're talking about YouTube, if you're watching a video about like how how to optimize your YouTube videos and it's like three years old, four years old, they're probably going to be talking heavily about tags. Tags just aren't as important now. They're a really good, it's almost like a really good exercise for you to make sure you know, okay, this is my keyword I'm going for, the search term I want to rank for. And here are some of the alternative ways of saying that same thing or alternative spellings even. Um, It's also a good place to put your name and your brand name just to have those little bits of data there for YouTube to make some connections. But they're going to look at your title and your description first. And the other kind of the sister to optimizing the words of your title and your description is what you have for your thumbnail. So your YouTube thumbnail is like the... Um, visual representation of that video. It's the thing that gets people's attention. Thumbnails are, it's something that you can design in any design software like Canva. You can also just let YouTube pick your thumbnail out of your video, but it usually does a pretty bad job. I know when I do my Facebook lives and Facebook picks it, it's the worst picture possible yeah, always. It is, always. and it, but it might, it might be the most interesting, like clickable picture. You know, like, oh. oh, look at Nick making a weird face, right? And it's just, yeah. it's just that you were blinking. Yeah. <laughs> but people <laughs> might click on it, right? Because it looks right. interesting. Um, and so there's like a whole like subculture of YouTube thumbnail design theory. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when I go on there, I see like everything across the sun. I see these very slick, very put together, very, and then like these like, very word some of them are very wordy Mm -hmm. and then some of them just are nothing like you said it's just like a random picture do you have to like figure out what works for your niche or niche or how is it that how do you even know how do you know yes if i had a silver bullet to that question (laughs) i would i would be a billionaire um yes you have to figure out what works for your audience um and your niche and it's like it's sort of like a double-edged sword. You want to, you want your thumbnails to stand out, but you also want to make them look like they belong. <laughs> so, you know, somehow you you have to kind of play with it. Um, the the really good thing is that YouTube's analytics tells, like, like literally just give you the number. Like, this is your click-through rate. This is the number of people who saw your video as an option of something they could possibly click on if they felt like it. And here is the actual rate of people who actually tapped that uh, thumbnail. Wow, those optics are incredible. Yeah, so YouTube says the average click-through rate is between 2 and 10%. 
And so like my channel is around five, four ish, five ish, but a lot of my thumbnails get like one and a half, two, two and a half. Like if I get a two and a half percent, I'm like, yes, this is good. Um, so, uh, yes. but it changes over time because you have traffic going to your YouTube videos from all different kinds of places. You know, your videos can show up in Google search results on actual Google. Plus they can show up on, in YouTube search results, obviously, but they also go out to your subscribers and show up on your subscribers homepage hopefully, I mean, you cross your fingers and hope that your subscribers get notified, but sometimes YouTube is like, yeah, we don't think they're going to be that interested in this. And it's, you're kind of at the whim of whatever, whichever way the wind blows that day. Sometimes it seems like, but then over time, this is another thing. Another reason why I just love YouTube so much is over time, you have people still finding and watching your older content. Yeah. I think that's like gold. Honestly. Yeah. If if you're creating evergreen content, which I'm gonna guess your audience is, they're not creating like trending reaction videos or anything like that. They're creating... no, because the majority of people that in in my audience are people that are creating timeless material. Yeah. They're teaching material that's been around for years, thousands of years, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so and you want people to be able to find those videos thousands of years from now, whatever YouTube looks like then. So the click-through rate of, you know, when you publish a video and you're like, okay, I got 10 views, I got 20 views, I got 100 views, whatever it is, those are people who are probably subscribed or if they're not subscribed, they end up watching your videos because YouTube keeps showing it on their home pages, and so they're interested. And then maybe a year from now, the people finding your videos they're finding them through search and they don't necessarily know who you are. And so whether you put your face in your thumbnail or not, or it just varies so much based on who's actually being shown your thumbnail. Are they people that know you? Do you have a recognizable face? Are you a famous person? Then obviously your face is going to be recognized. It is an interesting kind of psychological sort of like study of human behavior. And, and so if you're like a real nerd and you like to dig into analytics like I do, it's fun to look at this and, you know, look at the thumbnails and be like, why is that interesting? And then you also have to take into consideration that your thumbnails are being shown next to other thumbnails from other channels, like in the search results. So maybe it's not that my thumbnail was that interesting. It's just that it was more interesting than those other ones, you know. Ah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, which one are you going to click on when you go and you see all of these? Yeah. Is the one that's the most interesting? That makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. So you mentioned, like, being famous on YouTube. There's all these, like, famous YouTubers now. And, <laughs> you know, they think the perception is that they're all 15. But now those 15-year-olds are 40, right? right? Yeah. So the interesting thing to me about this is I hear a lot from people, it's too late for me on YouTube. It's too late. There's already all these famous people in my niche or my niche. Like, is it too late? Is it too late? Or is it ever too late? I don't think it's ever too late for YouTube because it's, it's like you said, the 15-year-olds, they end up being 40 at some point, And then there's room for new 15-year-olds. Or it doesn't even matter what your age is. Like, like you said, there's people discussing things on topics that are thousands of years old that, you know, those those topics are never going to go away. They're actual evergreen topics. But 
your take on that or the way that you teach it or your experience with those topics, your perspective offers something completely different, right? You're like creating something. If you've never created a YouTube video on that topic, then that that particular experience doesn't exist yet until you create it. And so I think there's always room to do something different and unique even inside of a niche where there already is lots of people doing it on YouTube. There, there's, there's never going to be anything new on YouTube or on the internet, you know, ever, right? There's not, there's no such thing as a new idea. There are only seven stories told over and over and over again, and they're just told in different, different ways. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and it's all about taking your unique view and your unique your uniqueness, you, right? And turning that into something that people are like, yeah, I think I want to learn this from that person. And and also nobody goes to YouTube and just watches one video and then walks away. You know, like I always like to tell this story a couple of years ago, we redid our kitchen ourselves, myself, my I'm the handyman in my relationship. Oh, my. And so I was like, I'm just going to Google. Well, first I looked up, like, how to install kitchen cabinets because I wanted to see, is this something I could do myself? And I watched a ton of different videos, and there's a ton of different ways to install kitchen cabinets yourself. And so I watched videos from DIYers like myself. I watched videos from professionals who are trying to help somebody who's a DIYer. So they're, they have the experience and the know-how, but they're explaining it all in a way that's like for the average homeowner. And even once I realized, yeah, I could do this, then I had to, you know, get the kitchen cabinets. And then once they were there, I had to watch the videos again to actually install them and then find other videos that are like, yeah, but wait, what if the floor is uneven? Well, that's a whole other set of searches, right? So you don't just go and watch one video and then walk away. Um, And that, I think, is where you have an opportunity to, when you're unique and you have a different perspective and a different viewpoint, and maybe you deliver your information differently than all the other people in your niche, you have the opportunity to kind of like pop out of there as a a different perspective that, that attracts your ideal audience, and then they keep coming back for more. What do you think is the greatest misconception about YouTube? Oh, that's a hard question. The greatest misconception, I think, is that you have to be, like, that you have to know what you're doing or that you have to, like, Mm. be comfortable and confident on camera. That's probably it right there. I I can't tell you how many people have told me, yeah, but you, you come off so natural, you look so natural and you come off professional and you don't mess up your words. And I'm like, I mess up my words like 17 times for every sentence. You just don't see it because it's edited out. <laughs> like, like I just edit. <laughs> I just edit it out. It's, you know, and, but that's what everyone does. And so you're seeing this like polished, like imagine if I just showed up everywhere with my hair perfectly done and my makeup perfectly done. People are like, yeah, yeah, but you were, you were born that way. Like you were born that way. No, no one's born that way. No one is born with their hair and makeup done. They do it. You just don't see them doing it. And so you think, ah, they, they must've just walked, woken up like that. You know, it takes a little bit of practice to get used to talking to a camera, but it's, it's not really a natural thing, right? Like to talk to a lens, I mean, you came to this as a mom. 
Yeah. Right. Like your history is not that you were like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm a show person <laughs> and I'm going to like do a, a, a YouTube channel. Right. right. Like, so I love that, that you were a mom who was just like creating videos with the family. Is that correct? Yes. I not just, a, I just said just a mom. I'm so sorry. That sounded like really condescending to all my mothers out there. That is not what I meant. That is not what I meant. Well, I didn't take it that way, but okay. um <laughs> Yeah, I actually had I had a full-time job where I was doing in-house uh, like marketing and web design. Uh, initially, I was a freelance web designer, then I took a full-time job. And while I was there, I just kept thinking, I'm pretty sure I have all of the skills to have my own business, like not a freelance business, but like a business business. I don't know if you, if anyone else knows the difference, but there's a difference between just like going from one client to another client and having a business where you're, you know, you're the CEO or whatever. And I just kept seeing other people with online businesses, blogs, like, you know, courses, all that stuff. And I just thought there's nothing they're doing that I couldn't do. So how do you do that? Like, what is that? What, what even, you know, I wouldn't have even known the term online business at the time, I just was like, I'm going to be a blogger. And so I thought I'm going to start a blog and I'm going to figure out how to make money doing that. And then I'll quit my job. And so I spent about a year brainstorming ideas of like, what would I blog about? And I had a list of things and I was like, mm, none of those are really that interesting. Or I would stop myself because I'd think, well, I'm not an expert in that. So I can't create content around that. And finally, I just had purchased a GoPro camera. Um, this is like, I was not even thinking about blogging or YouTube around the GoPro at all, but I had bought this camera and sent my kids outside to play in the snow. We got like a foot of snow one Saturday morning and they just played in the snow and sledded around the yard. And um, I put a little video together based on that footage and they watched it and they were like mesmerized seeing themselves in this video. And I put like music to it and I was just kind of like having fun with iMovie. I didn't know what I was creating. I just thought this will be fun. And they just loved watching it. And I loved watching their faces as they watched it. And I thought, why don't more people do this? Why aren't more people like creating family videos of their kids like this? It's really easy. It was easy for me, but you know, I'm a total nerd with those, those kinds of things. And the more I thought about it, you know, the more I noticed other parents were just taking photos and videos and just dumping them onto Facebook and calling it good. Like here's all my family memories Facebook. I completely trust you with them. And, you know, we just hope that they're going to be there. And so that's what I, like, initially I thought I need to help other people do this. And then I was like, oh yeah, remember that blog? You were going to look for an idea to start a blog, Meredith? It could be on this. Um, and so like, I had all these light bulb moments going off and that's how it initially started. And I had no intention of doing YouTube. I just thought, well, if my topic is going to be video related, even though it was just family videos and how to use a GoPro, I thought, well, it kind of makes sense that I should have tutorials that are video tutorials. That's a no brainer. And then I put them on YouTube along with the blog. And it was like, I logged into YouTube one day and I was like, oh, 
shoot, people are watching my videos. People are subscribing to my channel. It almost seems like a lie to say I wasn't expecting that because in my videos, I'm saying like, don't forget to subscribe, blah, 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 like all those things. But I was just copying what other YouTube creators were doing. I didn't really like deep down believe people were going to leave a comment, like, and subscribe, even though I would, I said that in my videos and I really just wanted to grow my blog. That's what I thought would be like the way forward. Um, and it just so happened that even though I was blogging, Instagramming, Facebooking, Pinteresting, it was YouTube that really took off with my content and I just kind of ran with it. What I love about this is that it came from this place of passion. It came from doing something with your kids that you loved and then you've grown it into this big old business. <laughs> and now you are the CEO. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's really inspiring. And for anybody out there that is considering YouTube or is on YouTube, but is not quite sure how to really monetize it, how to really make it work for them, go check out Meredith because she really has figured this out. And I'm so impressed by that, that you just sort of did it. Like you just did it and yeah. you, and you figured it out. That that's so, and I love your yeah. You call your nerd, but I mean, there's something really uh, amazing that it wasn't like you went to YouTube school, right? right? The YouTube school was the school of hard knocks. Right. You figured it out, and now you're able to teach others that they don't make the mistakes that you made early on, yes. quote unquote mistakes. There are no mistakes, but right. you know what I'm saying. Like you you can give them the fast track exactly in a way that they they couldn't before. Yeah. I know you have a free gift for the audience. I do. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I have a downloadable guide called the YouTube Keyword Hotspots. And I talked about a couple of those hotspots today, but there's, I have 12 plus hiding spots for high ranking YouTube keywords to grow your channel and build your profitable online business. Even if you're just doing it on the side, it'll help you figure out where to look for those topics that you know people are searching for so that you're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall and the time and energy that you put into your videos actually will, uh, you'll have something to show for it. You'll have viewers and subscribers and an audience. Well, thank you for that because I know we all are putting content in a lot of places and intentionality is vital now more than ever as there continues to be more and more places for content to go. Being super intentional with it is key and using those keywords, see what I did there, yeah. is is also super vital. So thank you so much for that. Where can everyone go find you, follow you, take your courses, your membership, et cetera? Well, um, so you can download the Keyword Hotspots guide at keywordhotspots.com. And if you just search Meredith Marsh on YouTube, you'll be able to find me there. I have a lot of tutorials on creating and editing videos for YouTube and other kind of um, like online businessy stuff, but mostly it's video and YouTube related. If you happen to be interested in the Video Pursuit Society, you can get on the wait list at videopursuitsociety.com. Well, thank you for sharing so much knowledge today about YouTube and your story, of course, which I love, and for being a friend and a mastermind buddy these past couple of years. I really appreciate you. I really do. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Speaking of that SEO, it really helps us send the podcast out to more and more people. 
Thank you much, and I'll see you next time.